Warning, never put metal in the microwave. This isn't metal, it's a soup. <laughs> Welcome to, what's the name of this podcast again? I have totally forgotten. American Moments. Oh, yes, yes, American Moments. This is Matt Martin. And this is Adam Benami. And uh, welcome again. Welcome back. I feel like it's been a while. Yeah, I think those holidays got the best of us. They, they sure did. So I know we uh, we did that collaboration with uh, with Royfield on the election of 1800, but it's uh, it's been a while. People are probably a little pissed at us. Well, we're sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but <laughs> seriously, it's great to be back. It's uh, we're, we're a little rusty, but I'm looking forward to this. But uh, Absolutely. Today we're, we're going into... Uh, an episode on the microwave, which was something that we wanted to cover for a while. Yeah, we, you know, it's it's a truly American invention, and it it did change the way we eat food. But there wasn't a lot of content in it, so we thought we would introduce our first mini-sode. Yeah. So it'll be a short one. Well, and as a peace offering, we're actually recording two episodes today, so we're going to have two back to back for you really quickly. Let's talk about the state of American cuisine in the pre-microwave era. Fascinating. Yep, something we've all talked about and thought about. So this was really where the American dream was, was born. You know, you had a traditional family, a husband and a wife, two kids. The husband went to work every day, came home, and the wife spent the day cleaning the house and preparing the food. And, you know, that wife may have not enjoyed doing that, but in actuality, it took a long time. It took all day to prepare a meal. You know, there Mm -hmm. weren't shortcuts. Yeah. They had to go to the grocery Go to the local fishmonger, wherever they went. Fishmonger. I just like to okay. throw fishmonger in there. Hey, yeah. Fishmonger, bring the food home, prepare it, and then uh, cook it. And when you cooked it, you had to use the stove or the oven, which takes a while to heat it up. So it really was a full-time job. And, you know, American society is all about finding efficient ways to do way, do things. We're lazy. May we say shortcuts, shortcuts. quick ways. Mm-hmm. Enter the microwave. So what is a microwave? Mm-hmm. Well, we all know it, it heats food, so, but it's basically a kitchen appliance that cooks and heats whatever's in its controlled container. We are business students. Neither of us are science students, but... Um, <laughs> the fact that you just said science students. Science they, they, students. That helps us as business students. Yeah. Basically what it does is... In a microwave oven, an electronic vacuum tube called a magnetron produces short radio waves called microwaves. In most such ovens, these waves travel through a waveguide, a rectangular metal tube, to a stir, a fan-like device that scatters the waves around the metal interior of the oven. The waves bounce from wall to wall until they enter the food. Water molecules, which are contained in most foods, are dipolar. That is, they have a positive electrical charge at one end and an equal negative charge at the other. These dipolar molecules act as tiny magnets. And as microwaves pass into the food, the molecules are pulled first one way, then the other, by a magnetic field created by the waves. 
This back and forth motion of the molecules occurs nearly two and a half billion times a second. This rapid vibration causes friction between the water molecules, which produces heat. Now, the microwave really, the origins of the microwave started before World War II. You have to look at high-frequency radio waves, so radars. We used radars to transmit sound and message. The radar basically sends a radio wave, and it, it sends a frequency out, and it picture like you know waves in a pool. And when it bounces off something, it bounces back to the receiver, right. and, when, and then that shows up on the radar screen. So British were having a really hard time during World War II with submarines sinking their ships. The, the Americans created a radar that could even pick out a periscope, and, and the British needed them like big time. But the process was so refined to make radar that we were able to, you know, Americans, what we do, we take shortcuts, but what we also do really well is we mass produce things. We figure out a way to do that. And we were able to, we figured out a way to turn out radar components yep. to, to meet the British demand because the way they were doing it, it took 10 days for a radar skilled operator to, to put together a single radar componentry. So we were in a position where we, as the United States, were cranking these things out really easily. As Adam just mentioned, radar was used um, pretty heavily by the United States and the UK government. Um, there was a man, Percy Spencer, who his job was fine-tuning radars and setting them up. Well, he had been doing that in 1945 with a radar, and while he was doing it, he had a candy bar in his pocket. So he was tuning his radar, you know, fixing his vacuum tubes, whatever you do as a radar technician. He uh, was doing his thing, and he went to eat his candy bar, and he pulled it out, and the candy bar had melted from the radio waves. Let's just say from the science. From the science stuff coming out of the radar. <laughs> um, he had this great idea. If you could contain those radio waves into a certain area, you could cook anything really quickly. So you didn't have to wait for an oven. You know, you didn't have to cook it over a stove. Um, so that is really how the initial microwave was created. Well, and you have to, and the funny thing is all these scientists, they found this out, but they kind of looked at it, oh, cool, we can burn stuff. And, yeah. and so they, they're like, how quickly can we, can we cook an egg? How quickly can we do this? And, you know, the, there's stories about these guys getting egg on their face, you know, because they got too close <laughs> to the microwave setup that they had. I can't imagine that was very safe the mm -hmm. way they were doing it. No. Um, do you know, I, I looked into the, to the myths about, you know, microwaves causing you cancer, and apparently that's not true. But back, but back then, yeah, I'm just picturing these scientists sitting with all these radio waves going right at their faces. Couldn't have been good. Absolutely, next but, to the blood letters. But he was the one. Percy was the one who realized that there was there was commercial viability to this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so what? So he kind of takes it and runs with it. He takes it. He was working for a company called Raytheon, which was making the radar components, mm -hmm. and they patented his cooking process. He convinced him that it was a good idea, yeah, a marketable yeah, idea. Yeah, and you have to understand that at the end of World War II, Raytheon's making radar componentry, and yeah, we we're, we were kind of grappling a little bit with trying to disarm, which completely went sideways after after North Korea invaded South Korea. But <laughs> but we were trying to disarm and demobilize a little right. bit, and we had so radically industrialized that Raytheon's looking for a way to pivot into something that's not arms industry related. So this was this was good news for them. Great opportunity. Um, so they began testing the microwave in a, a Boston restaurant with with good results. 
adults and you know you look at the microwave you have in your kitchen right now it's a manageable size you can put you you can put it on the a tabletop this is bigger than our refrigerators that we have today i mean the, the ones that they actually right. made the first time and didn't um, they call it the uh, radar range yes to start? yes yes it was called the radar range and or radar range radar <laughs> maybe that's how really you say inventive. it I mean, they should have come up with something different it's like <laughs> oh hell let's like just the call microwave. it the radar but i guess everything was cool like yeah. those still when atomic energy was cool and, right. and, and so i guess they're piling onto that right <laughs> radiation uh, sweet but yeah before before we realized that radiation is not so sweet <laughs> They called it the Raider Range. Now, this thing cost a lot of money. Well, I think like two or three grand, something like that. And uh, So it was, mo- was it more for commercial use then? Well, I, I think they knew that it was going to be a rich and famous type of thing. With, with any new technology, the first reiterations of it are going to be really big and really expensive. And then, you know, the cost comes down. But... It was big, it was bulky, but there was commercial uses for it. I mean, you, you, you weren't going to have it in your home, but what you sure. could do is you could put it on trains. Trains use it a lot for No, I'm, I'm not joking. So, you know, if you think about it, like train travel was a really big deal back then. So, you, you know, we didn't have the, the commercial aviation industry was mm-hmm. really kind of coming of age. Right. But when you traveled on trains, it wasn't like you're on the Excella and you're getting like a, a turkey sandwich that's been reheated 15 times. Sure. It was it, dining was an experience back right. then. In the train kitchen, cooks prepare meals for the 200 passengers. At lunchtime, the waiter rings chimes to tell the passengers to come to the dining car. Many people leave their coach seats to go to the dining car. A dining car is like a traveling restaurant. Here, while they eat their meals, the passengers can enjoy the moving landscape. For passengers who don't want a big meal, this train has a lunch car. Bob has ordered a sandwich. So they were able to really parlay the microwave oven and it really penciled out for them to have that because they were able to, to make meals really quickly. Even for a restaurant, that's really expensive. Two to three K was what the cost was, which is the equivalent of 18 to 27 K today. Unless you're really super rich, you're not really gonna get that. A, a restaurant of a certain size could, could make that pencil out. No, but it, it, so it was a good first swag at it. I mean, the, it, it worked. It was great. You could cook a steak in 59 seconds. And <laughs> and it's funny. You, you, so it, delicious. We, we make fun of this now. Yeah, that's But, but you have to look back at it then. Every, America was used to rationing. They were oh, used was. to efficient eating. You know, it's funny you say that. I mean, random story, but my dad used to talk to me about how he loved astronaut ice cream. Did you ever have that as a kid? I loved astronaut yeah, ice cream. Yeah, it's like dehydrated. It's terrible, It's though. terrible, but they loved it in the 50s. Yeah, well, it's just a novelty thing. Yeah, I mean, well, it was quick. It was a treat. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they you could call it ice cream. The world was full of possibilities, like in America, specifically after mm-hmm. World War II. I mean, we, we were untouched, basically, yeah. by the war. That American We had all this industrialization. Well. People were talking about having you know nuclear reactors and cars. It all sounds wacky now. But again, going back to food, you know, everything mm-hmm. was efficiency. Everything was, it wasn't really gourmet. So that, that made a lot of sense to have something that could make you a steak, even if it tasted like rubber in sure. 59 seconds. So the technology keeps advancing, advancing, advancing. And Amana, you know, who's still around today, um, established a cheaper one in 1967. These Amana radar range microwave ovens have cookmatic power shift that you select any cooking speed you want. Full speed cooks almost everything in one-fourth the usual time. Medium or low is perfect for tender cooking or creating gourmet favorites. Slide cookmatic to simmer for full-bodied stews and casseroles. Amana radar range microwave ovens with cookmatic power shift puts you in full control of everything you cook. 
Uh, it really took off. And smaller, right? Yeah, and at that one, you could actually put on a tabletop. I think uh, it was like 495 bucks or something like that, which still is a good chunk yeah. of change. I mean, even today, I mean, what you spend for a microwave now, like right. you can get one for $49.95. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Move a couple decimal points. In 1970, there was 40,000 units sold. And in 1975, there was a million units sold. That's amazing. And by the, the big statistic is by the end of the 70s, microwave ovens had, had overtaken conventional ovens. And you think about that, like 1975, you know, you think about 1 million units sold in 1970. How many people were in America in 1970? 200 million. So 200 million, and that's, you know, that's not even families. That's just people. That's just people, yeah. That's what? Five percent of the population. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so in it, five it, years, that's an explosion. Yeah. Right? And then there's the other side effects slash benefits that kind of come from it. The other thing that's happening is TVs becoming a big deal. Yeah. Right. That's and true. The microwave and TV were it kind of became a perfect storm love affair <laughs> because it, it made it easy for for people to consume things like TV dinners. The gateway to obesity. The, the, yes, the gateway to obesity. We're not saying this was all a good thing, but <laughs> so there have been frozen dinners, you know, served Stouffers. on Yeah, like served on airplanes and stuff like that. It, it really kind of came about in the in the 40s where when, when your Swanson had a, a, a glut. Swanson. Yeah, they had a glut of, of turkey after, after Thanksgiving, so they decided to just take an aluminum pan, throw some mashed potatoes and some beans, and they didn't have the brownie yet, the awful-looking brownie <laughs> that, that we grew up with. Do you remember that thing? I hated the cherry cobbler. That was my The cherry cobbler was, was complicated. It was um, slimy. It, yeah, it was really slimy, and it looked like it was going to get you. Three pieces of batter-dipped chicken, fried crisp and golden, fluffy whipped potatoes, tender sweet vegetables, and apple cake cobbler for dessert. What's your guess? About $2? Two fifty, wrong. It's about eighty-five cents, and it's a Swanson fried chicken dinner. That's some value. Swanson can change your ideas about today's high food prices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I remember we'd have TV dinner night, and we'd have those five compartments, and mm-hmm. just looking back on it, that was just terrible food. Oh, and you just think about how process that food was. Yeah, but then you'd, you'd, you'd be eyeing up that brownie. Like, everything, and uh-huh. they'd have the brownie in the middle, like it was the bullseye, right? Yeah. And, you, and you'd, like, race around the other four compartments and then just dive into that brownie, mm-hmm. and afterwards you felt sick just and threw up. Chew through my rubbery <laughs> Salisbury steak to get to that brownie. Oh, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> but anyway, so, the, so the, the TV dinner was something that had been, you know, thriving. I don't know if thriving is the right word, but it had... Yeah, it started to take off, yeah. right? I mean, it was a quick and easy way for housewives to prepare a meal the tv dinner was something that was not that had been taking off and the idea was when swanson's first dinner came out in the 40s it was 98 cents Mm -hmm. you know and and uh took 20 minutes to cook in a conventional oven when the microwave oven came out and was commercially viable that like added steroids to the boom of for sure uh, of tv dinners yeah and you know you had mentioned tv had started to take off in the 50s. You know, by the time microwaves were really being used in the 70s, TV was a centerpiece of American culture. Probably I wasn't alive back then, but I was going to be shortly, but I wasn't then. And um, You were on the cusp. There wasn't the stigma with watching TV that there is now. Like, all families would gather around on a Thursday night from... Six to eight, and watch the television shows that were on. Yeah, I mean, and this TV dinner gave them a way to eat, spend time together, and watch those shows. Yeah, like you said, really 
um, in the 70s and the 80s, and even in the 90s to an extent, microwave cooking was really popular. It was the the quick and easy way to fix a meal, you know, yeah. the shortcut, the in some ways the American way. As time went on, I would say probably late 90s and the 2000s, um, there was definitely more pushback on microwave food. You know, people started to make fun of it like we do now, of the texture mm-hmm. and the flavor. I mean, definitely, definitely the texture. Yeah. Um, Just rubber. Yeah. Eating, eating tire rubber. And as you mentioned, that that whole real food, foods, natural foods push, mm-hmm. there's so much processed food in TV dinners that they kind of drop, they've dropped significantly in popularity. Oh, very much so, yeah. Now, the microwave is still being used in a, in certain ways, though, and there's been, I don't want to say a renaissance, but a bit of a resurgence of the microwave for certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can really, one big thing that people do is steam veggies, so you can buy frozen mm-hmm. veggies. They come in a pack that are ready to be steamed, and you just throw them in your microwave, and they turn out pretty good. You know, I don't know if it's the technology of the bag now, that helps make it less mushy. Well, I think you need to, you need flavorfully add more water to it. That's the idea. That else. could be. Yeah, I don't know. But that's still being used. We still use it for popcorn. Obviously, everybody uses it for popcorn. Used to have to, uh, you know, do your Jiffy Pop over the stove, and now, and that. I mean, when did you have your first microwave popcorn? I think that's been ubiquitous our, our whole life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Orville Redmockers. Absolutely, um, extra butter. You know, for me too. Um, Having a young child, one thing we really use the microwave for and one thing that a lot of products have been created for is sterilizing bottles, sterilizing rubber nipples. (laughs) (laughs) You've just just been dying. My sex toys. (laughs) (laughs) They all go in the microwave. (laughs) I have nothing to say right now. While its, it's its uses have changed, it's become more ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. I mean, like reheating things, all, yeah. that, all that kind of reheating. Thing. So, absolutely, yeah. we use it a lot for reheating things we've mm-hmm. cooked in the stove or the oven. It's obviously here to stay. It's 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 not going anywhere. And and yep. it is true, you will not get cancer by being near the microwave. But we looked at that a little bit ad nauseum. Just don't put a spoon in still. But um, yeah, you know, you'll get you'll get a nice fireworks show. Absolutely, and you'll be buying a new microwave. So wonder what the next invention is going to be in food. I don't know. That's a good question. What was it in Back to the Future you know, too? Like no one can hydrate a pizza better than Marty's oh yeah. mom or something like that. You know, this year the Instant Pot. It's a big hot food item. It was one of the big Christmas products that people have been buying. You know what an Instant Pot is? I'm staring at you blankly right yeah. now. Well, I'll yeah. tell you. Okay. It's nothing new, but it's it's basically a. It looks like a big crock pot, and in it you can do crock pot. You can do saute things, you can um, boil eggs, you can make rice, and then the biggest thing is it's a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do these one-pot meals where, you, you know, you can do a crock pot, and you have to, say you do some pork shoulder, right, and you have to um, brown the pork shoulder on the stove, and then you put it in the crock pot, and mm-hmm. it sits there for 8 to 12 hours. But with the Instapot, it's a quick and easy. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> way to saute it in there, and you turn the pressure cooker on for an hour and a half. And when it's done, it's like the meat has been cooking for 8 to 12 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's a side point, and Instapot is not paying us, but they're pretty amazing. <laughs> but use coupon code American Moments to get 20% <laughs> off your Instapot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, do you got anything else, sir? No, that's it. It's, like we said, it's just a mini and... We just thought it was an important moment in um, American history. 
So, well, thanks for listening, and we will uh, we'll be back to you shortly with another episode as well. Thanks so much, guys. If you like us, please uh, like us on iTunes. Yeah, give us a five-star rating, and, and if you do, let me know, and oh, yeah. we'll, we'll shoot you a gift card Great. for an Instapot. For an Instapot. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. You and your new oven are capable of great things. Remember, no two ovens are the same. Rather than jumping at the deep end with your brand new oven, don't forget it may differ in its cooking characteristics to your previous model. We strongly recommend you take time to read this leaflet fully from cover to cover. Get to You got to know all there is to know about your new oven before you begin preparing your, preparing your, now this is ridiculous, your